This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. All right, now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings Podcast. All right, so I've got something for you, what I saw today. Okay. So this is someone getting back at a troll, an online troll. All right. Right, so do you remember how funny I found it when someone was trolling Deontay Wilder online? So Deontay Wilder met up with him at a gym and beat the shit out of him. No. Do you not remember that? No. I'll take your word for it, yeah. Well, he did. Okay. I found one. Darker, so I thought it'd be suitable for the podcast. Okay. So someone was getting trolled on TikTok. And so the comment is, you're in recovery, with a question mark. Lol, let's hope he gets back on the stuff and ends it all. And put an emoji of a skull. So do you know what this TikToker did as revenge? Go on. Found his social media, saw a post, a rest in peace post for his dad, downloaded the photo of the guy's dad and had it tattooed on his leg with a grim reaper. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> no, like, I mean, that's, that's fucking bad, but like... Just be he careful was tell- who you troll. Yeah, he was, he was telling your man to kill himself, so... yeah. So, fuck you then, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. At first I thought, oh, no, I can't say that. That's too bad. You know. And then the more I thought about it, no, that's, that's funny. Yeah, you didn't give a fuck how you made someone else feel. So, yeah. bollocks to you. That's it. So, what have you got for me today? So, today we're going to talk about Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy who? It actually upsets me. Um, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I, 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 I do. I do know Sid, Sid Vicious. Okay. But I don't know who Nancy is. Nancy was his girlfriend. Okay. That doesn't mean much to me, but. Are you want me to start with something else? Why would there be something else? I thought there Said was. I don't know who the fucking bird was. So just about everyone has heard of Sid and Nancy. They embodied the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. Huh? What? Drugs? Yeah. Steroids. Why the fuck would he be taking steroids? Because everyone in WWF were fucking taking steroids. But it's common knowledge. Sid Vicious. Yes. Sid Vicious from the fucking Sex Pistols. Oh. I thought he meant the wrestler. That's why I was saying, who's Nancy? Nancy? You said Nancy, didn't you? Yes. Sid Vicious is a fucking wrestler. He had blonde fucking curly hair. Sid Vicious was the bassist for the Sex Pistols. There may have been a wrestler called Sid Vicious. 100% there was. But the the biggest name, the, the biggest association would be with Sid Vicious, the bass player. Okay. Sex Pistols were before my time. Sid I don't Vicious, give a fuck. Sid Vicious the wrestler wasn't. It pains me. It physically pains me. Okay. What did they do? Well, I know you said it's in Sex Pistols, but I mean, what did they do? Well, like I said, they um, they embodied the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. That was it. Like, 
look no further, they were that. Sid was described by someone who knew him as everything in punk that was dark, decadent and nihilistic. So we'll jump into the background of Sid Vicious. So Where did he get the name? We will, Vicious. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. So, Sid was actually born Simon John Ritchie on the 10th of May in 1957 in Lewisham, London to parents John and Anne Ritchie. He was still an infant when he and his mother moved to Ibiza and his father would follow on afterwards, but he never showed. His Uh father never showed and he did not provide any financial support. So... To make ends meet, his mother would begin selling drugs. Okay. Just easily done in Ibiza. Yeah. Fairly easy, I'd say. But then again, I don't know. Um, Plenty of punters. So, still an infant, so late 50s, very early 60s kind of thing. W- was it a, a party scene there back then? or I don't know. Not sure, but like, back then, drugs was more prescription drugs. It, it wouldn't be... Th- like the drugs you think of today. Mm. Um, so definitely in the 60s, when it was like your mods and your rockers, yeah, they were breaking into pharmacies and stealing drugs. Like, they didn't know what the medication was for. Yeah, just knew it would get them off their tits. Yeah, I think they had someone called Big Blues or something. But obviously, you know, their prescription drugs, it's more dangerous. Yeah. To your mental health. Yeah, I mean, but there's cases of where, like, a doctor has, like, wrote something not been read correctly. Yeah. And it's killed people and shit. Yeah. Very sophisticated word. <laughs> Kill people and shit. <laughs> they ended up returning to England, and from 1965 to 1971, they lived in Kent, and Simon attended Sandown Court School. Then they would move to Hackney, and he moved schools to Clissold Park School. And around this time was when he started to go by the name John Beverly, and that was his stepfather's surname. Okay. His mother had married Christopher Beverly in 1965. Uh, he would actually die only six months later. Um, I couldn't find a definitive answer. Some sources were saying kidney failure, others were stating cancer, but yeah, only six months later he died. Which is sad. I'm guessing he was a positive influence in his life for him to want to take his name you know might not have been his choice well maybe not because how old was he at this point um talking like teenager i oh uh, no he would have been quite young actually yeah so it wasn't his choice so by 1973 sid was attending westminster kingsway college and this is where he met soon to be sex pistols front man john lydon aka johnny rotten that name sounds familiar. Was he on Big Brother? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, he was on an ad. I'm a celebrity. He might have been. He did an ad for, I think it was Utterly Butterly or one of them. It was, yeah, it was like, to me, it was like, I see him, I think, Johnny Rotten. And then it was like, he sat there just like buttering a crumpet or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> he was actually going to represent Ireland in the Eurovision. He's actually Irish. Like, obviously he's English, but his parents are Irish. Okay. Um, He also became friends with John Gray and John Wardle. So the group of friends ended up being known as the Four Johns. 
That's very creative. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brits for you. The name Sid Vicious actually came from John Lydon, who had a pet hamster called Sid, named after Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd. Okay. The hamster bit Richie, prompting him to say, Sid is really vicious. And that's where the stage name apparently came from. Brits are at it again. Brits are at it. It's so funny to me because you think of Sex Pistols and you see all the image and the punk and the what have you yeah. and the name itself, Sid Vicious. And then it's like, oh, it came from a hamster. <laughs> it's so funny. So taking a swift nosedive off a fucking cliff here, around this time, his mother had become addicted to heroin. Um very dependent on it. Apparently she didn't even know what school he was even attending. Yeah, it was, it was just consuming her life. Yeah. At the age of 16, his mother kicked him out of the house, stating it's either you or me and it's not going to be me. So not the best background, you know, from his father abandoning him to the death of his stepfather, moving schools multiple times, mother's drug abuse and now getting kicked out at only 16 yeah. years of age. In Hackney as well. You don't want that, do you? John Wardle, one of the four Johns, he described Sid's life saying, a big black hole. When I met his mother at that time, she had no interest in his life. She was into the hardcore drug thing, heroin and opioids, which was all embracing. That was her life. While at Kingsway College, Sid talked to the counsellor and expressed that he was considering suicide. The counsellor told him to bring a friend with him for one of their sessions. Sid brought John Wardle, who was the guy who just gave that lovely description of his life. Yeah. While there, the counsellor said, John said he's going to kill himself, to which Wardle replied, he might as well end it. And Sid nodded in agreement. The fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's bad. I'm guessing it was just one of those things, like he knew his friend, he knew how hard his life was, but it just sounds very shocking to hear that, (laughs) especially from 16 year olds. Uh, one part that is not so fucking great, just on his side of it. There were claims that he had tortured and killed cats. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no good. One of Sid and his friend's favourite spots to hang around was Vivian Westwood's boutique. Do you know anything about Vivian Westwood? Fucking rip off. (laughs) Am I wrong? It is expensive, but it's a high-end designer. But back then, like, Vivian Westwood... It was like epicenter of punk, I suppose. It was like, like they said, it was one of their favourite hangouts. It was just kind of the amount they did. I've never understood designer. What do you mean? So I buy a shirt, yeah, any brand, and it's certain type of fabric and it's 10 quid. And then I could go into a, a shop like that and just because it's got that logo on it, it could be made in the exact same factory the other ones come from. It's 250 quid. It, it, and, and then there's people who'll pay it. I don't know. I'm just not one of them who'll pay it. You're not bad about it. No, it's just... It's well, come from the same sort of factory, same sort of machines made it. Like, I'll pay more for something what's more practical. Like, so, if it's got more pockets or stronger stitching or it's waterproof yeah you have to have some functionality yeah it's not just the same shirt well 
like I said, Vivian Westwood, like she was just, just iconic in the punk scene, though. So it's no surprise, mm. you know. Um, and she ran the business with her partner, Malcolm McLaren. And in 1975, the Sex Pistols were formed under the management of Malcolm McLaren. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he was basically... So they pretty much got backing from Vivian Westwood at the start. Well, it was, yeah, it was her, her partner at the time. He was... Yeah, he but was you know driver- she, yeah, but you know Sheila stuck her nose in and helped out. <laughs> but yeah, he was basically... Um, he formed, So you know like nowadays when people see like a boy band and they're like, oh, it's so cultivated. It's this, it's that. They blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing with groups like the Sex Pistols. They had a person behind them pushing this image, pushing yeah. this narrative. And they've even said stuff like that themselves, that it was his idea. He wanted to disrupt things. He wanted to cause a scene and make that whole image. It was the same all, all the way through. So do you think that's the same with groups like Slipknot, Murder Dolls? Do you think they had someone behind them going, you want to wear scary-ass masks? Um, possibly. Um, possibly, yeah. But um, it, it just kind of annoys me that, like I said, boy bands will get yeah. so much shit for it. And it's like Sex Pistols, like, you know, God but it's save not the just queen. bands. It could be a solo artist. It could be a solo. But what I'm saying to you is like, you know, if you look at like a One Direction or a Boy Zone or Westlife, yeah. and it's like, ah, oh, it's all shit. It's this, that. And it's like Sex Pistols are an yeah, iconic yeah. group and it's the exact same thing, yeah. you know? So, yeah, the group was formed in 1975, although Sid was not actually originally in the group. Sid didn't join until 1977, after the bassist Glenn Matlock left the band, and it was said that Matlock was kicked out of the band, quote, because he liked the Beatles. Now, Matlock says this is untrue, and he voluntarily left the band because he was Sick of all the bullshit. The tension between him and Johnny Rotten, which Matlock suggests was made worse by Malcolm McLaren, which I think is the more likely situation yeah. here than because he didn't like the Beatles. <laughs> like, come on. I know someone else who doesn't like the Beatles. Yeah, not about it. Yeah. No, it's not my scene. So, like I said, Sid didn't join until 1977. and he was replacing Glenn Matlock on the bass. Okay? Yeah. Sid didn't even play the bass. He didn't didn't play bass. What did he do? (laughs) This is it. Sid didn't play the bass, and it was said that he was uninterested in even learning to. But according to McLaren, quote, if Johnny Rotten is the voice of punk, then Sid Vicious is the attitude. So again, it's all about image. It's, you know. Yeah. Can't fucking play, but he looks good doing it. So in 1977, that was the same year that Sid met Nancy. Right, so we're going to jump into Nancy's background now. So... Yeah, this is one I... I, You know nothing about Nancy. Nothing. Yeah, see, I mean... I didn't know anything about him, really, actually. Yeah, I find it so surprising because if you didn't know anything about Nancy, I I think Nancy... Just because I'm British. (laughs) Well, okay, right, hang on. Nancy kind of gets forgotten about. She gets labelled a certain way and kind of just chucked to the side, I feel. Okay. Sid Vicious, on the other hand, is an iconic figure in punk. Especially with you being British, I find it so odd that you know nothing. Even though it's not your scene, I thought you would have you, you would have had a, a basic knowledge. What it could be is 
so growing up, I did know some bands because of my dad. Mm-hmm. The Who. Yeah. You know, uh, Cheap Trick. My dad hated Sex Pistols. But I'd heard of Sex Pistols and I knew, like, if I saw them on the telly, I'd be like, oh, that's Sex Pistols. But I didn't know them by name. Johnny Rotten I only knew because of I'm a Celebrity. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. So, like, if your dad had been into the Sex Pistols. Yeah. If he had been around at your granny's house. Okay. And started playing, you know. My nanan's house. Your nanan's. And he had started playing, let's say, Anarchy in the UK. Huh? Uh, God Save the Queen. Okay, yeah, I know that one. The Sex Pistols one, not the God Save the Queen fucking <laughs> I'm British one. <laughs> would, would your granny have been like, get out, get out of this house? Or it's just been like, load of shite, turn it off. this noise. <laughs> <laughs> Racket. But yeah, no, I, I, I did surprise me. I, I'm not surprised you don't know anything really about Nancy, but Sid Vicious on the other hand. Sid Vicious or Johnny Rotten, like they're kind of, you know, the, the yeah, ones uh, we're most yeah, known. Yeah, Sid Vicious. As soon as you said Sid Vicious, I thought wrestler. You said who? <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Nancy's background. So Nancy Laura Spongin was born on the 27th of February in 1958 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And she was born to parents Franklin and Deborah. And from birth, Nancy kind of had a bit rough, you know. So during delivery, she was born with severe cyanosis, which is a condition where the skin will be kind of a purplish color. And that's due to reduced amounts of oxygen. Okay. And that was due to the umbilical cord becoming wrapped around her neck during the delivery. And she actually nearly died of oxygen deprivation. So right from the get-go. Not a good start. No, she was having a tough time. Nancy's mother said, I know it's normal for babies to cry, but Nancy did nothing but scream. I was the same. Oh, you're a little bastard, weren't you? So, yeah, when, when I was a little baby, my dad would have to leave the house because he was a wagon driver and he'd drive his wagon into a lay-by and park up for the night to go to sleep. Because he said, I, 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 I wouldn't let him sleep. Yeah. I was always crying. Yeah. Croup. Is it croup? Colic? Croup. Colic. I, I had everything. Colic and croup. everything. <laughs> Ask me mum. Colic? Which is the one where the, the throat's really sore? Colic? Is that colic? I don't know. Barking I, I... croup. Croup. It's croup. <laughs> That's what they call it. Barking croup. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I, I, I don't really I think I had really colic know. as well. But I think croup's the one with the throat. Or is it just the same thing with two names? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I was crying all the time. Yeah, you so were just I, kicking up a shitstorm. So me and her would uh, get on. So when Nancy was a young child, she would act out a lot. It was said that she would behave aggressively towards her younger sister, Susan, but not towards her younger brother, David. In fact, she was particularly caring towards him. Mm. Uh, it's alleged that she threatened to kill her babysitter with a pair of scissors. It was also said that she attempted to beat her psychiatrist after they accused her of acting out for attention. Now, what the fuck is this psychiatrist saying? Yeah. I'm saying to a young child, being like, well, you're just doing this for attention. Like, what the fuck? If there is an issue there, like... Different back then, weren't it? Yes, it was very fucking different. So, 
after Nancy was expelled from school at age 11 for, <laughs> for absence, her parents sent her to Devereux Glenholm boarding school and then Devereux Manor, which apparently there's like a lot of celebrities involved with that to do with like funding and stuff. Okay. Fucking heaps of them. I had a quick look through. There's a lot of... Didn't expelled at 11. I know. Jesus. So in 1972, at age just 14, Nancy attempted suicide. By age 15, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And then by age 16, she was graduating high school. So Nancy attended the University of Colorado Boulder, but her time there was short-lived. She was arrested after buying marijuana from an undercover police officer. (laughs) Poor old devil. That's entrapment, mate. (laughs) Yeah. She was arrested for a second time after it was found out she was storing stolen property in her dorm room. So after that, she was expelled, ending her time in college at just five months. And regardless of these situations, Nancy was very intelligent and it was said that she excelled academically. I mean, she graduated at 16. Yeah. And she did go to college, you know, regardless of the time. She was only there for five months, but isn't it expensive to... To get into college? I'm pretty sure. Like, unless... Because it's not like a thing in America that it's like... That's why some people are so desperate to get a scholarship to get the education. Because yeah. it's just... It's not achievable. But is that is that just uni? Universities? I don't know. I, colleges I, I'm well? not quite sure how it works in America. But yeah, like, I mean... Hopefully someone can let us know. Yeah. Like I said, even with all of that, she was said to excel academically and... Yeah. Fair folks to her. Nancy said... About her life. I could have been a ward of the state. I had like a lot of problems. I was just real different from everybody else. I was a lot smarter than them. Which I love that she said that. (laughs) So I just wanted to really rebel against my parents. I hated them a lot. They got real worried and sent me to a shrink. They just couldn't handle it. I hated them so badly. I just couldn't stand them. My parents didn't like me at all. They just weren't into what I was into which I think most people can kind of understand, maybe not quite as severe, but can understand that as a teenager. Yeah. You don't understand me. It's, it's like... It's not it's, a phase, mom. Also, something <laughs> she said, it reminds me of someone we used to work with. Do you remember um, your man saying, I'm too smart to work here? I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> so, already Nancy's been on quite a roller coaster in her life, wouldn't you say? Yeah. By age 17, she moved to New York. Okay. She wanted to be where the excitement was. She wanted to be around the music scene, the likes of the Ramones, the New York Dolls, Aerosmith, Bad Company. It was what she wanted to do, where she wanted to be. And especially at 17. Yeah. I think, you know, you can understand that. So Nancy would work as an amateur music journalist and she would also support herself through odd jobs and also sex work. And it was said of Nancy that she was, she was loud and obnoxious and made no apologies. <laughs> you know, again, like I said to you, like Nancy's kind of painted in this one light yeah. and kind of fuck her to the side, but there's some things about her where it's like, her fucks to her. Yeah. You know, she's getting on with it. Strong. Yeah, very strong person. Photographer Eileen Polk said she was blatantly honest about it. She bought drugs for the bands. Can't say fairer than that. It is what it is. She also said 
In order to be a groupie, you had to be tall and skinny and have fashionable clothes. And then here comes Nancy. She's not trying to be cute or charming. She wasn't telling people she was a model or a dancer. She had mousy brown hair and she was a bit overweight. She basically said, yeah, I'm a prostitute and I don't care. Now, I want to say that was a quote from someone else. Yeah, that, that was that was her wording. But I mean, again, Nancy just like, this is me, take it or leave it. Yeah. By December 1976, Nancy travelled to London with the Heartbreakers, who were taking part in the anarchy tour across the UK. Not long after this, Nancy would meet Sid. So we've done a bit of background on Sid, and now we've done a bit of background on Nancy. We're back up to 1977. Okay. Where they meet. So with that, we're back up to 1977, and I think we're going to leave it there for part one. Okay. So to sum up, we've found out a little bit about Sid, a little bit about Nancy and their backgrounds. Um, neither of them had the easiest start. No. I like, I like her though. Yes. I, I do. I, like I said, she kind of gets um, shit on heavily, <laughs> but she was who she was and she fucking, she made no apologies like it was said. Yeah. You know? I am what I am. I is what I is. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's the story so far and we will jump back in next week and uh, get into their relationship. So hopefully we'll see you next week for part two. But before you go, uh, not so much of an oddity today, just more of a kind of a, a shout of something that I thought was very good and needed a mention. 2am, The Smiling Man. Neil, I'm you... not going to like this. I, I already know I'm not going to like this. You've already watched it. Is this that prick who like skipped across the road at him and stuff? <laughs> yes. So basically... 2AM, The Smiling Man, is a short horror film and it's absolutely brilliant. It's so good. It so, fucking is not. It's, right, the thing about it is, it's so simple, which makes it so much more creepy. It's something that's never left my memory. If you're into horror, particularly short horrors, definitely go and watch this. And when we say short, two <clears throat> minutes? Three yeah, minutes? I think it's like three minutes long, but it's, it's so good. Um, I, I watched this and I was like, fuck, that's steady. I showed it to Neil. And Neil was Thanks like... Thanks for that. Well, when I first showed it to you, you were like, oh, okay. And then I kept thinking next day or so, like, I can't believe he wasn't more like, holy shit, because you're not even that into her. Yeah, and but I'm, I'm from Sheffield, so I'm used to seeing weirdos <laughs> at 2am smiling at you. Do you know the funny thing? When I was writing this down, it was actually about 2am and I'm just kind of looking because I was sat in the dark. I think I just had the, t- the TV on and I was just like, oh. Oh, could be. <laughs> but yeah, no, just going back to that when um when I showed it to you, and I was expecting you to react a bit more, like, "Oh my god, that's so scary!" Da da da, it's so creepy, whatever. And you were like, "Oh okay," and you moved on, get yeah. on with your life. And then it was like a day or so later, and I'm sat there like, "How the fuck?" Like this is stuck in my memory. Yeah, like, and then you went, "Oh no, scared the shit out of me." Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it did, it did. The only other one I can think of what scared me on the same sort of level was. I don't think there's a name Lights for off. It. Is that what it is? The lights on and off. She kept, yeah. Yes. Kept switching the lights off and she could see someone switch the lights Brilliant. on. Huh? Brilliant. Fucking not. But yeah, like I said, this is more just kind of a, a shout out and give credit to that. Go and watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. And the other one. And Yeah, and lights out. Yeah. Really good. 
Thank you for listening to the Mortal Musings Podcast. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and hearing extra content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mortal Musings Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Mortal Musings Podcast or email us at mortalmusingspodcast at gmail.com. Oh,